Welcome to the Foreigners and Fathers podcast, where two nerdy parents take on the quest of parenthood. This is a podcast where we will share and compare experiences when it comes to life as immigrants, new parents, and some other things in between. Welcome to episode 5 on the quest of exploring UK geography. So before we continue on this journey that we are on, I thought it would be good to, you know, we've done, this is the fifth episode, and it would be good just to um, go a, a, a bit back further uh, to basics. So I just wanted to say again, my name is Pedro, um, and I do this podcast with uh, my friend Bruno. Bruno, say hi. Hi. Hi, and Bruno. <laughs> and uh, we are both, uh, we have just started on the journey of parenthood, on the main quest of parenthood, uh, a few months ago. And um, we decided to, uh, you know, start this journey of doing a, a podcast. Uh, and we thought it would be a good idea to share our experiences um, in terms of what it means to be a foreigner living in the UK uh, and starting a family here. Um, so other things that we're going to cover is what the future looks like and in that sense today's episode is about exploring the UK uh, geography exploring what's around us because we came here and we both live near uh, Brighton uh, but in the years that we've been here we have explored other places in in the UK um, but before we get onto that and before we start saying what our, our impressions of those places are what I think would be really nice is just to go over a little bit of a recap on why we chose Brighton and um, you know what was going through our minds have we had we considered any other possibilities so to start off uh, Bruno wh wh why don't you start us off so recap us tell us again why Brighton okay sure so basically uh, why Brighton well it's it boils down to if, if you're going to the main core it's because it had an Amex so I worked in Amex in Mexico and I thought, well, I can just might as well, if I'm lucky, get a, a job in Amex in Brighton. So that's the main reason. But even without that, I also chose Brighton because it's really close to London without having London prices. And I know that for some people, they say it's not that close to London. But for me, an hour on train ride, that's close. So oh, it, it's really close for me. And also, and I didn't know this, but it's I guess you could say why I stayed in Brighton and why didn't I look for somewhere else is because in essence it reminds me a lot of the town I grew up with the town I grew up with it was also the gay capital of Mexico it's also a, a, a beach town and it's also quirky in its own way so I was like oh hey this this is very similar to what I know but at the same time very different so that that's why Brighton in my case but why Brighton for you man yeah, so for me, Brighton. So, so I think I've been. I, I, no, I definitely mentioned before that I came here to study, and I was recommended to go to the University of Sussex, uh, where I had my uh, postgraduate. And uh, Brighton was just the largest town nearby, and I had to find a job. Uh, Brighton, you know, I looked on Google Maps. I remember exploring Brighton first on Google Maps, just seeing how it, how it was, and it was a nice 
uh, town by the sea um, and I had to find a job and I thought if I'm going to find a job might as well go to the largest town around the university. Um, funnily enough I didn't think that it would necessarily be my last stop in the UK. Uh, I thought that Brighton would be a stopgap. I thought it would be okay well I'll be there while I'm studying and then you know we'll see maybe I'll move somewhere else that is a bit bigger like Manchester or something. Um, but um, but I ended up just loving um, I just ended up loving Brighton and I think part of it is because of what you were uh, just calling out it's you know Brighton is uh, is very quirky um, it is uh, it is very uh, weird and I'm saying weird but not in a bad way you know I I, I like to think it's it's unapologetically weird so th there's even a, a facebook group that is called uh, keep brighton weird yeah um, i follow it too you follow it too and it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it just it just celebrates how um how weird brighton is how quirky it is and i love it i love it i really really like it yeah no i, I completely adore it too it's, it's incredible like the other day, uh, also for for you, Pedro, to know, and for any listeners that we have, when I say the other day, it can be anything from yesterday to five years ago. I make no distinction. That's how my brain works. Yeah, you are notoriously, um, you know, irregular bad at, with my yeah, the other yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> completely irregular. <laughs> completely irregular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other day, which I think was like three weeks ago on this occasion, uh, I was showing my partner, uh, Train Spotter on TikTok that I actually like a lot and he has some really weird angles with his GoPro and I like a lot his video because he said that oh I'm in Brighton station and I'm waiting to see a magnificent train and he says the serial number of the train and then he says it's actually one of the trains that is named and the name non-ironically of that train is Dick Mabot and I just found that hilarious in itself so that's why I showed the video to partner. But then I found out that someone made a painting, like a graffiti in a house, of the GoPro, uh, GoPro angle of that guy. So it's kind really? of those things. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of those things that makes Brighton... Basically, it's weird and quirky because they accept contraculture. They're, like you said, they're unapologetic of being different. But not different for being different sakes. Just one of those things that... It's it's entertaining. I don't know if I'm explaining myself. No, no, no. I, I, I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's just the culture of the town, isn't it? And uh, uh, I think I think I I've seen some of the videos of that um, train spotter. I think he he became quite famous, didn't he? I think he got even some recognition by some railway company or something. He's become Maybe. quite. Uh, he's I become so, quite he's famous. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he is. He is. He absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it. And I think, like, I think it's good because he became famous because he gets so excited about it, and people like to celebrate that excitement, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. I think I think that actually ties in quite nicely with Brighton because Brighton is all about celebrating what people get excited about. Um, yeah, it's like, vibes, you know. It, did, it did is. You ever hear of Bonnie Man, the guy that was just dressed in a bunny suit or with flowers or yes. whatever and he would just put music and dance and that's it yeah exactly and he became you know it was quite viral that video wasn't it um yeah. and i love it i love it i remember before i came here even what you were mentioning in terms of being the gay capital in the uk uh, of the uk i remember 
before I came here and it was kind of like it was different because initially I thought of it as more of a quirk as more of a oh look I'm you know I'm so in I'm in the gay capital of the UK and everything but I would say that you know now I've been here it, because at the time it seemed a bit foreign you know in Portugal there's not a city that is particularly well known as having a large gay scene or anything like that so coming here it was seen as different and I thought oh okay well this is quirky and it's probably the wrong way to face it because you know being gay is not exactly being quirky it's just how people are and for me that's exactly how it is now now for me it's entirely normal I don't even think about it and I think that's one of the powers that uh, Brighton has as a city exactly. is just kind of normalizing that counterculture and normalizing being weird and I love it for it you know and I remember it's so inclusive it's so inclusive, yeah. And and I remember, I remember like the first time I saw the the naked bike ride. Have you ever? Did you ever see the yes. naked bike ride? Oh, I it have was... a story to tell on that one. But yeah, go go go. No, no, it was just hilarious. Uh, do tell do tell your story. So basically, we were uh, uh, my partner and I were just living together, starting uh, semi recently, and their family came over to know the to see the flat and everything. So we decided to go out and have a, a dinner. So we were having dinner in uh, an Italian restaurant that is on the main street. And we forgot that it was on that day. Yeah, right. So we were just having dinner. And all of a sudden, we just see a bunch of naked people riding by on, on their bicycle while we were having dinner with their family. So it was uh, her father, her grandparents, it was absolutely hilarious. I absolutely loved it. How all of a sudden you see a bunch of naked, sweaty <laughs> people going around in a bike. Because that is also amazing. It's, uh, if you think about it, you will think like, oh, it's a bunch of perverts and everything. But it's non-sexual whatsoever. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, com it's just completely, something completely normal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um... No, that's that's quite funny. So you knew that the naked bike ride existed. You just didn't know it was on that day. Yeah, and to, to make it even funnier, my partner used to rent the bicycles on Brighton, the ones that you rent to ride them. Because oh. I had a bicycle, but she didn't. So sometimes she'd rent them. And then she saw that some people were using those rental bikes, and she's like, remind <laughs> me to clean the seat before I rent the bike again. <laughs> Oh, I bet. And how did they react? How did her, uh, uh, how did her grandparents react and everything? How did her family? Well, react? it was, it was one of those very educated and polite shocks that they're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, so, so that's a thing. But the inside, <laughs> you can tell that they're thinking, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they were they a bit unaware of how Brighton was. Was that their, their first culture shock? I think so. I mean, I, I, as far as I'm aware, obviously, maybe you and I don't know for how long it's been. But as far as I'm aware, Brighton is known for being that weird place in the UK. You know? Yeah, yeah so I, I think, think so. it didn't come as much of a shock because, again, it's like, OK, it's Brighton. But still, you know, it's weird. But, you know, you don't think it's going to be I'm going to have dinner while I all of a sudden I have to see a lot of boobies and wee wee's going by <laughs> while I'm having my dinner. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like uh, Brighton. It's very quirky. Uh, I love just walking around it. Um, you know, one of the things that 
shocked me the most is that Brighton was my first contact with uh, Shingle Beach. Uh, mm. I had never been to one. You know, all the beaches I had been in my life had uh, had sand, uh, sometimes white sand, sometimes black Same. sand, like in the Azores, uh, because of the volcanoes, there's a black sand. But I had never been in a place that had a shingle beach. And I was like, what the hell is this? Why do I need shoes to be in the beach? Why does it hurt when I lie down? What am I doing wrong? What are, What is everyone doing wrong? Because this is not a beach. <laughs> My first thought was the other way around. My first thought was like, oh, finally, no more sand. Because to quote Anakin Skywalker, it's annoying. It gets everywhere. <laughs> it's, it it I, is. I hated sand. Like it always ends up in my butt crack and and yeah. in my like thighs. And no, no, no. I hated it. So for yeah, me, I was like, oh, finally, course. no sand. But the thing is, I, I don't even go to the beach that much. So it's not like I'm getting used to the fact that there's no sand. It's not like I'm getting my money's worth because I'm not a beach swimmer in itself. But I like the idea of being able to, like, for example, have a little like barbecue in the beach close to the, the, the sea or have a couple of drinks and not have to worry about getting sand in my socks, you know? No, I, I agree. And to be quite honest with you, uh, sand is definitely my least favorite part of going to the beach. So I completely relate to that. But then again, the nostalgic part of me, because I did grow up going to the beach quite often and the um the nostalgic part of me just feels like it's not the beach even though i wouldn't like it if it was sand uh, but it doesn't help that the temperatures aren't great uh, and all of that so uh, yeah. but i do get i do get what you mean i do get it and also going back to two things about brighton when i say inclusive i don't mean just for the gay community like I know, obviously, there's not many of us, but I know there's a community of Mexican people, for example. Right, and I know right, that right. there's a lot of eclectic stores. And I'm not talking the stereotypical eclectic stores that you have in the UK, that it's Indian and uh, kebabs and Chinese, and that's it. Like, there's not too much, and I'm going to go into that further down the, the episode, but it is inclusive of anything that can be excluded. To, to make an example. So if someone else excluded, probably Brighton has a community for it. So that's pet owners, uh, a lot of baby activities, because now that we're parents, we're finding out that there's a lot of activities that people don't like you to do if you have a baby. Well, Brighton right. will have something for it. Uh, and stuff like that. So that's what I mean when I say inclusive. And I really love that of the, of the town. No, absolutely. And I completely agree with you. And I have mentioned before to... Um, to my wife that I think that if we were living in another town when uh, Brexit happened and you know next episode just spoilers but next episode is going we're going to touch a little bit on Brexit more on that later but when Brexit happened I think that if I wasn't living in Brighton I think I would have probably had a bit more of a drive to leave the UK but as a matter of fact in Brighton at least maybe I've just been lucky but I never felt discriminated against uh, I've always felt included. I've always felt accepted. I never felt like people looked at me differently for how I spoke, how I looked, how I dressed. I've always felt included, just as you are saying. And you're absolutely right. It's not just about sexual orientation or anything like that. It's 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 a town that allows you to be what you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't want to speak of hearsay, 
But everyone that I know on Brighton have told me that I'm lucky to be in Brighton. They're saying, oh, other parts of the country, which if you're British, you pretty now know where I'm talking about. But I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to spread um, prejudice uh, before I even been there. But there's like a fight between the south and north, just to put it in the more general terms. And everyone says that if I were to be somewhere else, my treatment will be completely different and I will feel completely uh, like I wouldn't be as welcome or maybe I would, but it will be different. Again, I don't know, but that's what I've been hearing. I'm hearing that I landed in the perfect place. And without saying that they're right in the terms of me being in another place, because again, I never been, I can say that they're right in the fact that I feel welcome. I never felt like I didn't belong. Even mm -hmm. when I still didn't feel like it was my home, I never felt like, oh, I made a mistake coming here. Everyone was You never welcoming. felt an outsider. Exactly, yeah. And it's also a weird feeling for me, but it's such a young town, and I don't mean young as in it's new. I mean, the younger generations have a very big voice on, on Brighton. Like, they, they get... They, they tell you, I want to vote, I want these changes, I want this thing. It's not a town that is ruled by the old people, which I have nothing against. But the problem with those type of, of situations is that usually those towns are the ones that kids grow up saying, oh, I can't wait to move out of here. But in Brighton, you can have a decision and a voice since a very young age. Like, actually, I'm starting to feel old. That's one of the disadvantages of being in such a young empowered town that i feel outside you're starting like, to feel low <laughs> yeah i feel like i don't belong in the marches and stuff anymore it's like oh it's i'm too old for this but it, it's encouraging to see that people can have an, an effect on their town since they're young you know no i i agree with you i agree with you and i think like it speaks for itself as well because you know even in the sea of all the other political affiliations here i like the fact that brighton has for example the green mp the only green mp and uh, not regardless of political affiliations just the fact that it has something different just the fact that enough people vote for something different for me is uh, very very interesting um having said that it, as you were saying it doesn't come without these advantages and you know i don't think that either of us are here to pretend that brighton is perfect because it's not and i've heard people talk really poorly of brighton and saying really bad things about brighton Same. which i don't agree with which i don't agree with uh, generally speaking but i can understand them um and for example it has um even though it is cheaper than london uh, it still has very expensive rent and amenities in terms of uh, you know, uh, electricity and council tax, uh, all of that is still very, very expensive. I heard uh, that it was catching up to London, actually. Exactly, exactly. I think there was a bit of a bigger gap before, but now it's catching up. And, uh, um, you know, it, it's very, um, it's very, it has a, a lot of homeless people. Um, uh, it has a, a big issue with homelessness. I think it's like the third or fourth uh, town or city in the country that has the highest uh, homeless population and um, another thing that for me was particularly uh, bad when I got here is that uh, all the jobs were very retail focused because it's it's a lot about uh, it's a very it's very strong in terms of the service industry here uh, there's a lot of uh, retail there's a lot of uh, restaurants and all of that and at the time it was useful to getting a job um, an initial job but it was harder to get um, 
another job that I wanted, which I eventually got, but it was a bit harder because of that. But very much, but a lot easier in the beginning. Um, are is are there any things that you don't like about Brighton personally? Yeah, well, first, like you mentioned, it's catching up, like the the cost in itself. That's why, technically. We and I say we because it includes you. That's why we technically don't. That live is in that is true. That is what we say uh, means. Because that that's the main reason we we were we started there and then we had to go to the outskirts because it's it's not longer affordable unless you have a very very high paying job, which as you said again because it's depending on the high street it's becoming harder and harder because and I hate that is the way it is but looking at it from a, a non-biased perspective, we're moving towards digital. High Street is gonna disappear sooner or later on, because Oof, yeah. everything is cheaper online and is more convenient and the pandemic didn't help at all. So if you're a store that is just in the high street and you're very, very quirky, but you have a, a limited amount of clientele, then you're basically closing yourself to be um, successful because you're only selling to the people that are there and for example Brighton has a lot of tourism but there's gonna be a moment in which everyone already knows your store and if you buy again a very niche product everyone already have it what's happening and the problem is because it's reaching London prices the rents are no longer feasible for for businesses either so the other day you and i were in the town and we just saw how oh that close that close that close so the economy of the city appears without because i don't know but it appears to be going down the toilet right so that's something that kind of worries me a little bit now there's also the fact that it's very very dirty like it doesn't have bins the bins that they have are almost always overfloated so it's a very beautiful town, but if you stop and look properly, you'll see that it's very dirty, which is also affecting its economy because people are no longer coming because it looks very dirty. And yeah, I, I have to say that the homelessness, the homelessness problem, it affects me a lot too. Not for the fact that there's homeless people, because it's not like I just want them to hide them under the rug. It's the fact that there's nothing being done for to take care of them so they're left alone to deal with their well, life however they can so they set up tents here they set up tents there and then you have to see conflicts between the police that wants to move them and you're like okay i understand why they want to move them but poor guy has nowhere else to go so that is also something that i i really don't don't like i That's, know just 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 clarify i know that there's some initiatives and there is some help provided to the homeless uh, in, in in town so it's not like there's nothing there uh, it, it, we, we we could debate whether that's enough or not but there are some mechanisms there yes. but I, I i i mostly agree with you we probably should be doing uh, more to help them out yeah no i didn't mean to say as in there's no actually i was very surprised when i was walking one day and i saw a soup kitchen on a sunday and i seen it yeah. several times so there are things to be i mean there are things in place to help but the problem is that the problem is much bigger than the solutions that were given so that's that's an issue that i am not claiming that i know how to solve it i'm just talking that no, no, the no, fact that course. it is an issue uh, so I that agree. is just to to say that I 
I feel the same way you do about your gripes. And I would like to add one that is the fact that on the weekends, at night, it's a mess. Precisely because it's a it very is. young town. It's full of clubs. I know people that come from, even from London sometimes on the weekends, which I don't know why, because I'm sure London has better clubs. But people just come on the weekends, stay a little bit on the beach, especially in summer and spring. And then they get super drunk in the evening. And the streets are a mess. Everyone is drunk, tumbling, puking, leaving glasses everywhere. So that's something that I didn't like whatsoever. And something that is just a personal gripe of mine is that ever since the football club from Brighton came part of the Premier League, yeah. it's becoming a mess. Like every time you go to the station and there's a game, it's full of people. There has to be like mounted police. Some people do get rowdy. So that's just another thing that I'm like, ugh. Do you think that changed when they joined the Premier League? Because I remember living in Brighton even before Albion joined the Premier League. And I've always had that same feeling. I, I, I don't know if it changed. Maybe it became a little bit more. But I've always felt like it was like that. Maybe. The thing is, in all honesty, when I moved here, as soon as I moved, like a couple of months later, they joined the Premier League. But I do know that now that they're in the Premier, they're playing with teams that are, are more renowned. So there's more fan base that comes over. True, true. And I guess they would spend some time in Brighton, but most of them will be living in Falmer. Um, but I guess they would then move to Brighton or they would come to Brighton before. So yeah. yes, definitely. Even the pubs, some pubs are like, this is just Brighton supporters and this is just the away team supporters, just to make sure that yes. there's no like conflict inside the pub. But it's just a yeah, whole organization of thing that it can, it can get annoying. It can get annoying for someone like me who doesn't even like football. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I'm not a particular fan of football. Hey, it's another nerd thing that we can talk about. Yeah, exactly. Not liking football. Hey, there we go. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, not particularly. Um, but we've talked, you know, we've talked a lot about Brighton. Um, so, so when you think about the UK, you know, you've been here for a few years. So I'm sure that you've visited a few other places. So, um, so some of the towns, some of the places are too small to mention. But what would you say were the key places that you visited in the UK um, yeah that you visited in the UK well for me it has to be London because one is the first time the first place I visited and second is the only city that I consider a city like it has a bit different like if you want something there's probably gonna be a store that sells it uh, it opened there's th stores that open all really late at night it has yeah. Uh, theaters it has uh, museums etc etc so it's a it's a big city uh, so that's why and it's freaking London like come on uh, the other one is Stonehenge because of well it's again it's Stonehenge it has all the tradition some people have even attributed to Arthurian legend which I'm a big fan of uh, that's debatable but even if it's not it's just a, a wonder to be able to see it and then I went there and I realized that there's a lot of different places that have like stone circles like Stonehenge that are in Stonehenge, which was something that I didn't know. And I really like the place. I like seeing it. I love the energy there. And I don't mean it as in a hippy dippy way of, oh, this is a solstice. I'm going to get my chakras realigned, which, by the way, if you believe in that, <laughs> I'm not criticizing. Uh, but I meant it I in a way of, I feel... Have, like I, I like the place. It is what I expected. It's not just a bunch of rocks. I see it and I'm bored. It, it does have that 
wow, I'm in Stonehenge. It's a, it's a pop culture icon, iconic, iconic place. There, I, I managed to say that at the end. And I also like Bath. It's really pretty. It, it has a lot of history. I, I went in the same, uh, basically, tour that took me to Stonehenge. So I, I had a guided tour of Bath. And I saw like the Roman uh, baths and everything. So I, I really liked it a lot. It's a very pretty city. Geographically speaking, it's really nice too. And it looks more like what I imagined old London used to look. I, I know that doesn't make sense, yeah. but in no, my no, head... No, it does. It, it does. Yeah, right? Like I, I in my head when mean. I picture I like Peter Pan and, and Sherlock Holmes and everything, I pictured London looking like what Bath looks now. And yeah, I don't know about Peter Pan because Peter Pan was fairly recent. I think it was like First World War or Second or something. But, uh, but definitely in terms of like, uh, I hadn't thought about it. But when you said what I imagine like old London could look like, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I know what you mean. Good, good. And the last one will be Hastings because that's when I first did my first Viking reenactment show on the Battle of Hastings. Which is also a very historical, poignant point in history, is when the Saxon rule turned into Norman rule. And being able to see the abbey, and see the fields, and stand in the fields when the battle took place. And being part of the battle, even though I wasn't there, being able to, well, do, I'm gonna call it what it is, play, to be in the battle, helped me visualize everything. And it's just something so cool, it's like seeing a movie but with the best actors that I can imagine because it's just in my head. So all of that was really amazing for me and it will always have a, a really big place in my heart. The first time I stood in the fields of Hastings with my armor, my axe, my lance, with my brothers in arms, looking at the Norman army in front of me and imagine how would it be for the people that actually lived that. That is awesome. That is really, really great. And, you know, it's the origin of your Twitch handle, isn't it, Mariachi Viking? Indeed, In a yes, way. it is. Yeah, yeah. For those, for those of you who cannot see Bruno, uh, he looks very much like a, you would imagine a Viking to look like. Um, uh, but it's funny that you mention uh, Stonehenge, for example, because I did go to Stonehenge as well, and I have to say, I was I was underwhelmed. You know, yeah, I, was I, underwhelmed I, I by can Stonehenge. see why. Like, don't I, get me wrong, I can definitely see why. I saw a lot of people, that's why I made the, the comment, because I saw a lot of people getting down from the boss and expecting, like, a fair, and then seeing, like, oh, it's just a bunch of rocks in the middle of a field. It's not only that, it's also because I think I went there one or two years after they started either jacking the prices up or actually introducing any fees because i remember speaking with my cousin that lived here and she said that just like two or three years late uh, before i went uh, they didn't used to pay anything or it was like a minimal sum and when i went there it was like really expensive especially at the time when i went i remember it being particularly expensive for what i was earning and everything so i remember going there and going like oh, okay i have to pay like 20 quid each to get inside and then i went there it's like there's not much of the history explained 
and going around there it's like it's a, it's a nice picture it's a nice picture don't get me wrong but it's it's a lot of money to pay for a nice picture so i was a little bit disappointed because of that uh when i went to stonehenge especially when places nearby and i could be shooting myself in the foot here is it amesbury that also has a stone circle you know what i'm doing i am just googling it at the same, uh, same <laughs> yeah amesbury avebury 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 has a stone circle as well, and it is nearby um, Stonehenge. So um, you know, when I think when I think about that, it's like uh, you know probably a bit overhyped, and it was a little bit underwhelming. I, I liked it. I went with uh, my mum, and she's a history teacher, so she especially liked it. Um, but it was just overall a bit disappointing. Yeah, no, I can see it. Like, don't get me wrong, I can definitely see it. Like, I think. The only reason why I wasn't disappointed is because maybe even consciously I forced myself to like it. I don't know if it makes sense. Like I was there yeah. and I saw it and part of me could be like, okay, you see the stones, you can walk away now. And then I started thinking, but wait, they do. Some people do say that is the thumb of Merlin. How did it get there? Is it true that they brought the stones all the way from Wales? So my, my curious mind, my curious gears started turning and that made the experience all the more enjoyable but if it wasn't for that yeah. interest that i already had in the place yeah i would have been like okay i seen it that's cool can let's go to the next part you know there's nothing to make you stay like it's not like i'm gonna grab a piece of the stone and study it under a microphone that being said they do actually have like a mini museum so i also went there on the cafe and i saw like stuff no, that I found there and bones and everything so that's that's why i liked it it let my imagination run wild and because i liked it even as a kid because that's another thing i i was born in mexico so for me stonehenge was like this weird magical thing that was on the other side of the world <laughs> so being able to actually be there was like oh i made it yeah i'm actually here isn't it it's it's like it's 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 that thing from the pictures exactly um, yeah no, I, I get what you mean. and um, It's like what uh, I think a lot of Chinese people must think about the Great Wall. Like the tourists are like, wow, I'm in the Great Wall. And Chinese people are like, yeah, I come here every Wednesday to sell stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, precisely, precisely. Uh, I, I know what you mean. Um, so, I mean... I, in, in, in terms of other places in the UK, I've been I've been to a few places uh, now as well. I, I to be fair, I have been here for longer than you have, and especially in the beginning, we were exploring quite a lot because we wanted to see what else uh, the UK had to offer. Uh, so I've been to a few places, uh, some of them that you have been to as well, like Bath. Uh, I don't think I have been to Hastings yet. Uh, but I have been to Bath. Um, when you went to Bath, uh, you mentioned that you went on an excursion. Uh, so I went to Bath, Bristol, and Cardiff, I think all at the same time, because they're all very close to one another. Um, but I imagine that you didn't have a chance to go to Cardiff or Bristol yet. No, I haven't. I heard about them, uh, obviously, uh, but I haven't. It was just Stonehenge and Bath. Yeah, I mean, I really liked uh, Bristol and Cardiff as well, um, and I'll touch on that a little bit in a second, but uh, I really, really liked Bristol. And Cardiff, you know, it's it's a first nice experience uh, into uh, Wales. I know that it is very anglicized now, but it, it's, it's still a different country within the country, and I really, really liked it. And I think that you would like it. I think that you would really like Cardiff. So here's my recommendation to you, go to Cardiff. Um, but um, the other things that I wanted to say uh, was that 
yeah, so Bristol, I really liked it. I've been to Edinburgh as well. Uh, I think the only place that I haven't been to has it was uh, Northern Ireland, which I haven't been to yet. But I've been to Scotland, England, and Wales. Um, and I've been to a few different places here. Uh, there's a lot of places nearby that I've been to, another one being Winchester, uh, which used to be the capital city um, in England. Um, but um, I have a funny story about one of the places that I've been to, which is the, uh, the Isle of Wight. So I spent a New Year's Eve on the Isle of Wight. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we have a friend in common, which you know, Yep. Uh, he was born and lived for quite a while in the Isle of Wight. And he always used to tell us, um, tell me, tell you, different stories about the Isle of Wight, how it was, um, you know, the people there were quite uh, peculiar by his own admission. And I never thought much of it uh, because I thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it's an exaggeration or something. Um, and he also said that they had a bit of a sort of a prejudice or sort of a, a discontentment against the people that they call from the mainland, which is mainlanders. people from the main, mainlanders, yeah, even though the UK is an island, so take, take that as you will, uh, but the mainlanders. Um, and I went there and I didn't think much of it, but I went there and I had a, an interesting experience. So um, I was out and we went to a pub and um, in that pub I got... Um, beer or something a drink i can't remember what it was it's not relevant but i got something to drink and obviously i had to pay for it but you know nowadays who carries cash so no, no one carries cash right yeah uh, everyone has a card or something it's rare for people to carry cash so i went i went to the patron of the pub and i just asked him what i thought would be um a very normal question uh, and i asked him um okay well um, by the way, do, do you do you take cards? And this is a normal question for me in my mind, regardless of where I've been. You know, if I was in Brighton, I would I would ask the same thing. I would ask the same thing anywhere, uh, because this was a few years ago, and you never know. You never yeah, know, first right? Um, he turned around to me. He got me an incredibly offended face, super offended. He looked at me, and he said. Uh, why do you think do you think that we don't take cards here we're advanced like in the mainland you know we're not so far behind oh. i was like whoa <laughs> all right i said okay um so can i pay by card and yeah, yeah of course you can <laughs> so i paid by card and i left but i in that moment i completely understood what our friend was saying because yeah. I, because i was like okay i see it now there is some resentment towards people coming from mainland and it was a completely normal question i didn't mean anything by it uh, but clearly uh, someone got a bit defensive about it yeah 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 oh that's that's <laughs> hilarious yeah it's one of those things that it's to put it in a, it's like how the island of white all hate mainlanders and they're sure that mainlanders hate them and then in mainland no one ever considered it's just like they're they're just an afterthought you know what i mean it's like, yeah, yeah. If, if you go to the Isle of Wight, they're like, yeah, we have this bitter rivalry with mainland. And in mainland, it's like, what? Who? The Isle of Wight? It's it's hilarious that that is, that it, that's the situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was it was hilarious because it basically confirmed uh, what, what our friend uh, has said been before. Saying. And yeah. it reminds me, what you were saying reminds me of that scene from Mad Men. 
um, where it's Don Draper in the elevator with or in the lift with the other guy, and he said, uh, the other guy says to Don Draper, "Oh, I feel bad for you." Uh, and Don Draper just goes, well, I don't think about you at all. At all, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's kind of that relationship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but we've talked... To, yeah, oh, go on. Well, yeah, I was just wanted to ask if... But because we've been talking about other places that we liked, and we talk about Brighton, the good and the bad. So to combine both subjects, if you weren't to be in Brighton, where would you be? Like, if for whatever reason you have to be in a different place within the UK that isn't Brighton, where would it be? And why do you think you will go there? Um, it's a good question. I would have to say, you know, I, as we were preparing this episode, I thought that that would be one of the questions. And I did think about it. So it's not like I'm pretending to think because I am... The issue is, I, I actually don't know. I go back and forth. And it is a good question because I go back and forth. I would say that uh, I really liked a few of the cities, right? So I can tell you, I can tell you straight away which cities or which places I wouldn't want to live in, right? So Isle of Wight, too isolated. I wouldn't want to live there. Um, I can tell you that Swindon, fairly boring. You know, all respect for people from Swindon, but sounds kind of boring. Um, and other places such as, uh, let me see, uh, Southampton. I didn't really feel. A big connection there um so there's a f and, and there's a few places like that but i would say that if i had to pick another one to live in i think it would have to be either bristol or bath because i really liked uh, both places uh we've talked about it a little bit but bristol for example is basically um, a different kind of brighton so it's in the same vein it's very 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 similar to um it's very similar to uh, Brighton. It has the same kind of quirky vibe, young people, uh, a lot of different culture, a lot of people being weird. So I really like Bristol. Um, but having said that, for example, now the uh, guide fathers or, or the guide parents rather of uh, Nico, they actually live um, in Bath at the moment. Um, mm. So if I had to move now, I probably wouldn't go to Bristol directly. I probably would go closer to Bath yeah. um, because they're there as well. So it's more about the connection, which again, for me makes sense because it's all about the people that you know. Exactly. Uh, but I like both of those places. Um, the only thing I know about Bristol... But what about it, you? Oh, I also I wouldn't want to be in London um, because it's too confusing for me. I love it. Love London to bits, but I don't think that I would be uh, able to live there. But you were oh. going to say about Bristol? Yeah, but the only thing I know about Bristol is that Skins was filmed there. Yeah, and there's a lot about Doctor Who as well, I think. No, no, that's that's not Bristol. Is that Cardiff? Is that Cardiff? I, or is mm. that Bristol? Oh, and, <laughs> and um, what is it? Uh, what's his name? Banksy. Banksy's from Bristol. Or it's really? Suspected that he's from Bristol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, I didn't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be... I mean, it has. To, I have to say London, man. It's... I'm, I'm, I'm a really? walking contradiction. Yeah, because I love the outdoors. Like, I was just talking about... Loving to see Stonehenge and being in, in the Battle of Hastings. But I'm a city boy. Like, I grew up in, in... Well, I grew up in Puerto Vallarta, but the first eight years of my life were in, in Mexico City, which is another metropolis, just like Brighton. So, for... I mean, like London. So, it, it just... It has... I like the fact that it has museums. It has a Mexican food shop. It has... Uh, good quality movie theaters you know it's i, I love skyscrapers skyscrapers like i love 
the city visage. I love being able to see a city. And so even though I chose a very isolated place to move and to raise my child because I want her to be close to the outdoors and the downs and yada yada yada, I will easily flip to the other side of the coin and go to the main city. And where else am I gonna go find a big city in the UK other than, or at least in England, other than in London. So yeah, I will definitely move to London if Brighton wasn't an option. And if I could see, afford it. <laughs> see, it's funny It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I love London, uh, but I don't think I could live there for a long period of time. Like, I, I feel like, I've always said that six months you can live anywhere, right? So yeah. even in the worst places, six months it's doable. Um, but uh, I just I just don't see it. I think like London stresses me out. I love it. I love being there. I love visiting, but it stresses me out uh, because there's just so many people always moving all the time. There's always something going on. It's kind of exhausting as a that's, city. You know what I that's mean? That's kind of what um, I mean. I'm quite sorry. That's kind of what I miss. Like in Mexico City, it was always <laughs> everyone was running, get to the bu the bus or the subway. It's super full. And everyone is like, I have to get out because I'm late for job or, or like for work, whatever. So and that, you like that? That bossing activity, I like it. I don't like the stress that it conveys. And I don't like that everyone is in a bad mood. But I do like that it's, to again, to sound very cliche, it never slips. It's always active. And I don't mean it like, I like what I was that, saying yeah. in Brighton, that it, there's a lot of drunk people and it's always partying. What I mean is, if you're hungry at 11 p.m. you can go to a corner store and there will be sending someone like microwave burritos and if you don't know what to do on this day pretty sure you can google something to do and you're gonna find a museum or a theater play or a musical it's not like here that there's days in that's literally nothing to do because everyone closed it's a weekend and everyone in a little village on the weekend never works so that is what i miss about a big city and that's why i would choose london so see it's funny because it's what i said like i wouldn't live in london but london is one of my favorite places in the uk but it seems for you it is one of your favorite places and it is also a place that you would uh, live in isn't it yeah well it's also the fact that i'm very nocturnal so i used to be like oh it's 11 p.m i'm not yet sleepy i'm gonna go out and do something unless i work tomorrow or I want to go out and I ran out of milk, just something like that. Like, oh, I ran out of milk. I'm going to go to the corner store and buy some more milk. I like the option to do that. <laughs> I don't like to be able to, oh, I ran out of milk. Gonna have to wait until tomorrow. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, and do you have a least favorite city? Is there a place that you haven't liked as much? No, weirdly enough, I, I don't think I have... A place that I don't like because I haven't been to other towns for that long period of time that will be like oh no I will definitely not be here um, I'm sure they are but so far I haven't found anywhere because again I haven't stayed anywhere I think in order for me to be able to pass judgment I will have to be at least a week on the place really? or for it to be horrible like completely horrible but I haven't been uh, anywhere that is horrible. I haven't been anywhere that as soon as I touched the place, I was like, this is disgusting. Let me out of here. No, I haven't. Have you? 
I mean, I think you're just too nice. I think I think you're too nice. There's definitely many places in the UK which aren't uh, good at all, and I don't think that you need to spend a week in them to to fully realize that. Um, so you know, I, I'm sure British people appreciate you for being nice. I'm not going to be as nice, uh, and I'm going to say that yes, I do have a place that is my least favorite. Um, not because I have anything against it. It's just because it's the most boring town i've ever been to and for you know for any listeners out there start rolling in your head the names of what that town might be and i'm going to say it now that town is milton Keynes. milton Keynes is the largest settlement in the uk without a university and i think that says a lot it's just a boring town it's something it's like post-industrial it was a town purpose-built um, to be to be like super effect, efficient and like all the all the uh, roads and all the streets and all the motorways they're all made very efficiently because it's not built on like historical um, uh, historical roads or anything it's something completely new but at the end of the day what you have is just an incredibly boring town. Uh, I went there for a Keyforge tournament which was a game that I used to play a card game that I used to play and i remember staying there and it was just like like very cold but cold not in the sense of only temperature but in terms of town it was very yeah, cold very, very gray very gray and there just wasn't any charm to it so you know apologize for any milton Keynes people out there uh but honestly out of all the places in the uk that i've been to that was my least favorite uh but you know feel free to tell me um which other places could why be he's wrong worse. <laughs> or tell me why i'm wrong yeah exactly tell me you know tell me, the, tell me the best thing tell me the best thing to do in milton Keynes. yeah and uh, yeah you know i might do it in the future and report back um, i don't think that's, that's overly nice man i just think you don't that think no, it's just I think yeah. I haven't been to that many places. Like maybe that's it. Like again, uh, Hastings. I don't know the town that much because I never stayed in the town. I camped at the Abbey site, so maybe Hastings is boring and dull as fuck. But because I've never been, I don't know. Bath, I liked it, but again, I liked it on the premises that I went there once, and uh, not the premises on the situation or on the fact that I went there once. But I don't know if yeah. living there will be my thing. Maybe it's even like it has less stuff than Brighton or the same amount of stuff than Brighton, but without the quirkiness. So maybe it's boring as heck. But because I haven't been there, I cannot pass judgment. And that's what I mean when I say I haven't found my least, place, uh, least favorite place. But it is yeah, funny. Yeah, fair enough. It's also funny that it comes with perspective. And I'm not saying it because of, of what you said, but I do remember that when I first... Or one of the first months after I arrived, people were like, oh, careful about like London Road, because that's like a dodgy part of, of Brighton. I'm like, that's a dodgy part? Like, that has, like, <laughs> it hasn't have any broken houses or or any, like, it, it looks the same as the other part of town. Now I understand why it's the dodgy part. But if you just take a GoPro all across Brighton, you wouldn't notice that is the dodgy part. I come from Mexico, no, mate. You do know when you're in the dodgy part. Like, believe me, you you know you're like, oh shit, I, I got the long, I, I took a long, a wrong left in Albuquerque. This is wrong. So yeah, I guess I'm gonna die here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's also why it's really hard for me to know where are the boring parts or where are the the dodgy parts. Because 
it looks just like the good parts. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. So, so speaking of that, are there any pl- and just to fin- finish this off as well for today, are there any places in the UK that you haven't been to yet, but that you would that you definitely want to go to? Yes, and I'm gonna keep it sweet and short. I would like to. There's so so many places, but the top of my head, I want to go to Cornwall because again Arthurian legend. I want to go to York because again Vikings. I want to go to a lot of places in Scotland, both cities and uh, the nature. Same in Ireland, and I definitely want to go to Cheddar to go to a, a cheese factory tour. And I go. I want to go to Sandwich, even though I heard a lot that it doesn't have anything at all but i just want to be able to take a picture below a sign that says welcome to sandwich <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is very nice um that reminds me it's just a side story uh completely unrelated but that reminds me that uh, so my name is uh, uh, uh pedro uh, and then it goes miguel so pedro miguel and that's actually uh, the name of a small village in portugal as well so i have a couple of pictures that i've taken in that place uh, by that sign uh, so that just reminded me of that but that's just a side story um but yeah i, I that would be funny a picture of you next to the sign saying something um i'm looking forward to that um and we do have a few places in common so which actually think i i think it's a good opportunity because it means that we might visit uh one or, or more of them together and we can even explore how our trip went and even report back on these uh on the podcast that would be amazing um, yeah, I think it would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Um, and uh, because, for example, I would also like to go to uh, Cornwall, uh, but I would like to go in, like straight to the end, to Land's End. Like, go immediately towards the end. Just, I don't know. Um, this is an idea that fixated on my mind, just something that I would like to do. Um, and I would also like to go to York, because I haven't been there yet. And I would love to get, well, not literally lost but i would like to explore the scottish highlands i don't know what it is it's it's um it's very common i know but you know visit all the lochs and everything and um yeah i mean we have to to go to loch ness right like we have to yeah we're talking all this about stonehenge and we don't mention loch ness it's like come on yeah yeah, definitely. So I would really like to uh, to do that. Um, but just in general, the Scottish Highlands as well uh, would be really, really nice. So, you know, there's going to be many opportunities. I'm sure that we'll go together to some of these places and then we will um, uh, and then we will report back. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for today. Uh, so if you are listening to us for the first time and we have just launched, um, what that means is that we have hit an important milestone because this will be the uh, episode that we have recorded in advance, which means that from now on, we're going to start releasing them weekly. Yes. Uh, so far before this, you could go straight ahead into the next episode but you reached the end of the pre-cooked batch. Now you're going to have to go through an excruciating week in which you don't know what's going to happen next. (laughs) You're going to have to wait until the next week episode, but don't worry, it'll be worth it, I promise. 
exactly and um unless unless of course you are listening to these when we're very famous in five years and everyone's heard of us and you just want to start in the beginning in which case you have the next episode uh, available right away and i've already mentioned it a little bit as a spoiler but next episode is going to deal with an interesting topic to say the least uh, which is uh, brexit so we're going to focus on our experiences on how we were affected by brexit and i think that we mentioned in the first episode that we were going to try to you know not, not talk about many things that are overly political or you know take a, a strong stance um, but brexit is something that affected us greatly as you can imagine as someone living here and uh, not having a british nationality it's something that you know affected us quite a lot when 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 we were here and i think that uh bruno you got here and shortly after brexit was uh, it was a referendum wasn't it yeah like three shortly months after, after i arrived exactly so i think it, it's it's a topic that is very important so we're going to talk about it in the next episode and what our experiences are with it um and in the meantime if you want to write to us about your experiences immigrating to the uk um that we would really appreciate that to share some of that and you know we might uh, share some of that on the podcast as well we will definitely read it uh the email will be on the description of the episode uh because again this is the pre-cooked batch as bruno said so uh we still don't have um all of that yet um and another thing that i would like to ask you is um you know you've heard us talking about which places to visit in the uk uh which places do you think we must visit uh, and why uh that we haven't that we haven't mentioned and that you you know you feel like we both really really should go there um and as always you can follow us on social media we'll try to be in as many places as possible so look for our tag which is foreigners and fathers um and um we are going to include as always if there's any notes or any specific links or information that are specifically important for this episode we'll keep them in the description uh, we might keep things like uh, you know the, the 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 link to stonehenge's website uh, or so, something of the sort and uh, you can always um if you you know if you like uh, hearing these uh, mariachi vikings speak you've now understood why it's mariachi viking uh, so if you want to uh, follow bruno uh, as he games you can follow him on uh, Mari uh, mariachi viking on twitch um and uh, for one last time i thank you very much for exploring this journey with us there's more to come thank you very much bruno again and uh, for this time and i'll see you next week now yeah, thank you so much for this. I'm really happy we have come so far in this adventure and that we have stuck to it. Uh, I'm really excited to see what comes next and the fact of the launch, the listeners, what's going to happen. So I I'm really stoked. Thank you for, for your time, uh, for taking the, the time of your day to, to do this with me, man. I appreciate it as always. And to the listeners as well, thank you so much for everything. Like Pedro said, if you know any hidden gems in the country, Spread the rumor, be a snitch, don't keep them hidden, let us know, and we'll see you next episode for the very topical Brexit. For my part, that's been all, and bye! Bye!